This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. Oh, Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching. And uh, as we say many times on this show, although I've said everyone relax, I am not relaxed because uh, our other podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, which we recorded last week, we did an entire episode on our new system on Riverside, which records video and audio, high quality, to our local hard drives and then uploads it so we can use it for whatever medium we want. We got to the end of the episode, everything uploaded, and then... Your track disappeared. No video, no audio of Will. It was baffling. Well, it it was even more baffling from my end, Charlie, because I went through absolutely the same procedure as we always go through. So basically for people at home who wouldn't understand this, but you can see uh, clips of this show on our YouTube channel, but you can actually see full episodes in video if you're a subscriber to our Patreon, patreon.com slash tofop. And so... Um, you know, we try to record it in this system called Riverside. And the trick of it is that even if we don't have great quality between us, if the connection isn't good in the two places we're between, it records it locally Mm -hmm. so that you're always getting high quality video, high quality audio recorded at your end. All you have to do is make sure that you keep the screen open, the little screen that we've recorded on. The browser. You have to keep the browser. You just have to keep that screen open until it's uploaded 100%. And I was in a place that didn't have very good internet, so it was taking a long while to upload, but it was uploading. I would go back in and check in. I'd be like, oh, 34% good. Oh, 42% good. You know, just constantly monitoring to make sure that it was going in the right direction. And then it got to, uh, I think, 60, 68. It was was exactly 66 because that's the uh, last time the Saints won their one and only flag was 1966. So I'm like, that is a cursed number, (laughs) clearly. 10% of the uh, number of the beast, 66. (laughs) (laughs) 10% of the beast it got to. And and it just stopped. And I was like, well, it doesn't – that's not a good sign. And I – I did all the things you do in that situation, which is you check that the rest of your internet is still working. So I like, you know, logged onto a news page and those sort of things. But the one thing that I know about this system, Charlie, is just don't shut that browser. Don't shut that browser. Whatever you do, just keep that screen on there because the minute you shut that browser, then all bets are off. So I'm like, I'm not shutting this browser. So I message you and say, hey, hang on. Well, we're, we're in communication, yeah. you know, around the it, – it's not uploading. Because uh, – so we finished the record. So what happens is you get like a progress bar and it says like, yeah. you know, Will, 66%, Charlie, whatever percent. And we we stopped recording and there was just no progress bar from you. And that's very, very unusual. And then I texted okay. you and you said, oh, no, at my end it says 66%. Mm. And then what Riverside does, because people do often, you know, close their browsers or leave early, whatever, it sends you a nice passive-aggressive message saying, mm. hey – your guest has left early. 
if you want this recording to be complete, you need to get them to go back and finish their upload. And so and you know I was, what my problem with that was what? I had not left. I know. I was still there. I was right there. I was staring at the screen that said 66%. I was like the guy, like a couple are breaking up and I'm the one delivering messages from Riverside to you because they're coming to me to say, hey man, your friend in inverted commas, Will, has left the conversation early. If you want this thing to upload, your friend, Will, needs to get his browser open. So I'm sending that to you and you're sending messages back to me. Well, tell Riverside that my browser is open and it says 66%. (laughs) So I'm like, oh man, I'm caught in the middle of this thing. So now I'm emailing support and I have no idea where their support, because like all modern businesses, there is no like phone number you can call. It's all just done virtually. There's like a chat window. So I'm messaging wherever in the world to say, hey, this is what's happened. And look, I understand that, you know, sometimes things go wrong, but the speed with which Riverside just did this, (laughs) oh, well, (laughs) sorry. I guess we tried everything we could do. And I'm like, hey, uh, not good enough. Like, that's not, that's not good enough. They're like, well, we guess he just lost it. Why? Uh, What did we do? I didn't lose it. (laughs) I did. It was right there. I was still looking at it. Like it was literally, it wasn't lost. I was like, here it is. Like yeah. I, I wanted to ring them up and show them my computer. But what I love the most is because they send you like, so there was a first set of like, something's gone wrong. Here are the set of instructions to see if they, you can get it. And those set of instructions didn't work. So you went back and they came up with a, okay, well just do this. And at step five of this, just take a screenshot of what you've got. And I was like, yeah, but step one was a thing that didn't work. <laughs> so I couldn't get to step five. Like step one was push this link and it'll show you where the thing is on your computer. And I yeah. pushed that link and the link was doing the equivalent of slapping its hands together and going, no, don't know, mate, can't see it. I'm like, it's here. Look. I really wanted your screen grab just to be a photo of you just giving your computer the finger. And I would have happily sent that back to Riverside. Oh, you want a screen grab? Screen grab this. Take a look at that. That was rubbing it in my face when I pushed that link that was meant to identify where on your computer the thing was lost because it wasn't even a thing that relied on me doing any sort of computer stuff because I I get that as soon as it gets to me having to retrieve something, a lot of the, a lot of what's going wrong is going to be on me. But this mm. wasn't that situation. This was they have sent through an email, you click this link, this link will find the thing that we're looking for and then you have to follow these series of steps. Well, I never got to the series of steps because I clicked their fucking link and mm. their link was like, I don't think you ever recorded it. Yeah. There's certainly nothing here. I've looked everywhere and I'm like, have you looked on the screen in front of my face? Because that's where it is. Well, that's the other thing too. So what happens in the Riverside studio, and this is like a great endorsement for Riverside. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in the Riverside studio, like it gives you little um, uh, captures of your recording. So the video, you know, just for you to post to socials, hey, here's you and Will, you know, at this point in the podcast and here's you guys having a laugh here. And so it spits out all these automated things for you to plug in. And so there were you and I, like high quality stills of you and I doing, but no actual recording, no audio, no video. And it's like, well, you've grabbed this from somewhere. Like, yeah. so there is There's something. evidence this happened. <laughs> yeah, you provided not- the evidence that this happened. Like in the early days of us losing episodes entirely on us, you know, we'd forget to turn the microphones on. We'd forget to press record even sometimes. The big red flashing button, we would notice that it wasn't on. But this time around, it was like there and, and then it wasn't. And so, I don't know. I mean, look, you, you live and you learn and we did record. We have learned enough over the years to record backups. But 
Can I just ask, can you see your upload status now? Like what percentage you at? I want to make sure you get over 66 before we hang up. Well, let's just say this, Charlie. If there were two people in your bed mm. and you already had a 66, what would you love to complete that uh, sexy arrangement you were having? A nine. Uh, a 99. <laughs> oh, 99. Instead of a 66, I am at the 99. Wow. Double nice. The old double nice. <laughs> 66, 99. 6,699. <laughs> I mean, nice, nice. It's hard enough to get your partner to agree to a 69, let alone getting a 6,699 together. For my birthday, would you be interested in a 6,699? <laughs> or as I like to call it, an open and closed quote. <laughs> Would you like to study one of my works of literature? Because... <laughs> um, I uh, watched a movie last night, which is a rare treat for me. I very uh, okay. rarely get to sit down and watch a film. What movie? Uh, let me guess. Well, let me like, say, is I, it I, a I, modern, I, modern movie or yeah, a old an film? actual yeah. new movie? Because that's the other thing is generally I'll get to a film. If I get to a film at all, I'll get to it like, um, you know, six months after everyone's been talking about it. Um, but I started off by watching the football last night and then I got to the, yeah. much like you last week, I got to the third quarter and I'm like, oh, I don't need to see any more of this. So I, I started. Mean, we, uh, just for everybody, we have a, an AFL uh, adjacent football podcast called Two Guys, One Cup. It is on the listener app, exclusive to listener app. You can go and have a listen. Uh, it's fair to say that both Charlie and my team are really fucking up this season in the most yeah. embarrassing ways. So um, if you want to listen to us grind out the rest of this fucking miserable year, then you can find that in the listener app. Oh, mate, I am checked out already. It's like, mm. uh, like I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the final series knowing that mm. we won't be involved because there'll be no angst. But I'm like, can we just get these next, next two weeks over and done with? So I, I think I can enjoy like the four weeks of watching good teams play good committed football. Well, the most Richmondy thing of this year uh, is that Richmond will make the eight and our two teams will come ninth and tenth, <laughs> the most Richmondy results <laughs> of all. So, yeah, I, I switched that off. But um, I started by – I have not dipped into a Marvel film since probably, Ooh, like, you know, Endgame. Marvel. And so I was like, oh, let's check out this this multiverse of madness. Mm. Uh, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. I couldn't, I couldn't get through, like, half an hour. I thought it was – so bad. And I don't know if it's one of these things where I don't know if what Marvel- What was it? What was it that you didn't like? About well, I don't know if Marvel films have gotten worse or if they it's have. just- they So have. firstly, okay. let's just acknowledge that they have absolutely got worse, yes. It's it just everything about it, just like the, the charm and, and the casting in, of the phase one films, like they seem to just nail it every single time. They had the, It was like the Pixar magic formula. Mm-hmm. But this Dr. Str- everything about it, I'm like- his wig is so fake. Like ben, Benedict, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch's wig, it was distractingly fake. And then it was just the... I believe that you, the wig is meant to distract you from his accent, though. Like, yeah. I think you're meant to be concentrating on the wig so that you're not so... Why is it that when <laughs> English actors do America, they, they do this kind of... Uh, they have to get a deeper voice. And it, and, and it's like also, you know, he, he's protecting this teenager in it and he keeps calling her a kid. America. Like he's in... Like his American, Indian- her name is, oh, uh, which I did not, I did not think was on the nose at all. No, the kid he was protecting his name was America. 
But I just also, it just, they, it just looks shit. It wasn't exciting. There was no, I didn't find him charming. And then it starts getting into like the, the multiverse stuff. And I'm like, and I'm a nerd and I dig stuff like this, but I'm like, ugh, who fucking cares? It's an alternate Captain America. And now Captain America's Mrs. Captain Britain. And, oh, that's fantastic for, who gives a shit? I don't care. Just give me a story that's interesting. So I did not even make it half an hour, but then. I put on the new Predator film, Prey. Have you heard about this? Hang on, what? There's a new Predator film? There's a new Predator film and it's set in like the 1700s and it's about this Native American teenager who wants to be like a hunter but like, you know, because she's a woman and stuff, she's meant to, you know, cook and do all that kind of shit. But, you know, she's always hanging out with her older brother and, you know, they go off hunting and they take on the Predator and it's fucking awesome. It is such a good film. The only thing that I think would have made it better is they do it like they speak, they're speaking English. But I, I read about afterwards, there's a version you can watch where they speak in their, I think it's Comanches, that their, their native tongue. And I'm like, oh, I wish I'd seen, that's the first way I'd watched it, where they'd just done it like in the native tongue, because it is awesome. It is like such a good predator film. And it, it's just, you know, they've been trying to, they've been trying to sort of capture that you know, uh, what the original one and what made the original one so great. And the thing that makes the original film so great is it's really subversion on the slasher film. Like Arnie and all his mates, they start off as like these brawny, you know, muscle-bound guys with huge guns, and then they become the kind of trope of the girl being hunted by Mike Myers. By the end of the film, they're getting killed off and their guns don't mean anything. So this one, they start off with that final girl trope, and so she doesn't have any of the weaponry. So it's just more about how the hell is this girl going to overcome, like with no modern weapon, with nothing, how is she going to overcome the Predator? And it's awesome. It is such a good film. It is so much fun. And you know what's great about it, Will? 90 minutes long, probably 80 minutes with credits. But like you could watch it in one sitting. There's no fat on it. You don't get bored. They're not doing any fucking fan service. They're not doing this. Oh, because that's the other thing too. I saw Top Gun last week for my birthday. That was a special treat. And I know people love that film. I did not love that film. And I think there's something wrong with me. I think I'm broken. But then I see Predator and I realize the difference is like Top Gun, I understand technically well-made and stuff, but I'm just over fan service. I'm over referencing older films and, oh, my God, that's the line from the original film. Oh, there's uh, Val Kilmer. Oh, there, look, his son is wearing the same shirt that Goose. Like there's all this shit through it that it's like I don't give a fuck. They do do one line in the new Predator film, which is if we bleed, we can kill it. I'm like, okay. I mean, I get it. You have to do it. But that is it. The rest of it, it's just completely new or at least a new take on the same thing. So I haven't seen Top Gun mm. and I keep hearing people talk about how good it is, but I, I feel I, like I'm going to be a bit like you in that yeah. I'm not – I, you know, I feel like the fan service stuff will annoy me and – B, I don't think I have enough affection for the original film that I will enjoy. The, like, it's actually not serving me. I'm not enough of a fan for the fan service to be of service to me. Well, I think, like, it's uh, – because I went and saw it with VK mm. and we were both excited to see it. And, look, I like the first one, but I'm probably like you. I, I don't, you know, I don't know it off by heart. But you know enough of it. Like, there's enough iconic kind of scenes and – yeah. But it almost it feels like, the need, the need for speed. Yeah, but it, it almost feels like a spoof. It is so slavishly, you know, um, uh, dedicated to the original, like like music cues and everything. Like that, you sort of like, hang on, what are they doing? Like a a remake? And then 
there's some just bizarre character choices, which I guess, you know, make people happy as an audience member. But if you think about it logically for a second, makes the character insane. So like Maverick in the 30 or 40 years since the first film has not progressed as an individual, like has not grown, still wears the same clothes. Like if you knew someone like yeah. that in 40 years was still wearing the same bomber jacket that they were and riding the same motorbike, like wouldn't you be like, fuck this dude is like he's stunted. Like he has an inability, like he's having a midlife crisis. He has not got over his 20s. He still dresses and acts like he did in his 20s. And do I mean, they not explore that though? They don't explore any. It's just accepted. Of that oh, yeah, Maverick. He's just Maverick. He's just like you know. The name says it all. The, he's the, a Maverick. But the, it's it's kind of the least Maverick thing to do. Like <laughs> like you know like stay exactly the same. The exact say exactly the same. He's a real Maverick in the way that he hasn't changed in any way. I always think of that line in the Wedding Singer where you know Adam Sandler has that best friend with a mustache who's like the womanizer and stuff, and he wants to be Fonzie, and then at the end of the film. His friend confesses, look, you know what happened to Fonzie? He got old. No one wants to watch a TV show about a 40-year-old guy hitting on chicks. And that's exactly what Maverick is. And then you Top Gun, it's like, you're almost 60. Why are you still wearing that bomber jacket and riding a motorbike and acting like, you know, this kind of roguish kind of charming dude who can't get, like, if you couldn't get your shit together in 40 years, it's on you. Like it doesn't make you some like interesting rebel who plays by his own rules. Like I think that works when you're in your twenties, but when you're sixty, it's like this fucking guy's a basket case. He, he, never, he never developed at all. He never grew. Like <laughs> he never the one grew. thing that's essential to human beings is going on some sort of journey of growth and discovery. But they make that his kind of strength. Like that's the thing that yes. makes him. You know, like you know, they have to. There's a suicide mission, and he gets asked to come in and you know lead this group of new young fire, fighter pilots. Uh, yeah. But the other thing about it, and, you know, this is sort of minor spoilers, but I think from the trailers you can get it. So um, who's the dude from Whiplash? Uh, Miles Teller. Miles he Teller. Plays, he plays the son of Goose, which is fine. You know, uh, conceptually yeah. from a plot point of view, all right, so there's some emotional kind of stakes now. Like one of the students he's teaching is Goose and, you know, Maverick feels responsible for the death of this guy's father and so there's tension. I would have preferred if, like, Maverick was visited by the ghost of Goose. Well, didn't we pitch the evil yeah. Goose arises? That was <laughs> that Goose I, never I, died. I, I like the idea of the ghost of Goose. You know, ghost like I mean, the Goose, the, the Goose, <laughs> like he has this this Goose appears and speaks to him. You've got to change, Maverick. You've got to change. Oh, I like the idea of a remake of Ghost with just an old Goose cast and just call it Goose. <laughs> So you got Miles Teller playing son of Goose, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> son son of son of Goose. But here's the thing: they dress him and style him exactly like his dad. So he's got a mustache yeah. like his dad. He wears open Hawaiian shirts like his dad. He wears exactly the same aviator shades as his dad. And there's even a scene, and again, minor spoilers, even a scene in which Maverick is like, "Oh my God, that's a son of Goose. I don't know if I can talk to him." And Son of Goose sits down at a piano at the bar and starts oh, playing no. Great Balls of Fire. Okay. And once again, I'm like, I do not know anyone who dresses exactly like their father and, like, has the same party tricks as their dad. Like, to me, that's almost as weird as having not changed your personality in 40 years like Maverick. Uh, to style your entire being on your, <laughs> your dead, dead father. father. 
who you barely knew, by the way. You're only like three well, or four when he died. All you know is like five iconic moments from his life. He was like a pilot. <laughs> he knew great balls of fire on the piano. He loved Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. yeah that's like, I mean, that's like, this is a movie that needs a therapist. This is what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of people hear it. VK turned to me at one point and is like, is this a parody? Like, it feels like a parody of the original Top Gun. It all felt like a Hot Shots movie in a way. Like, there were so many kind of coincidences and, like, the fan service and stuff. And everyone's sort of like, oh, yeah, but, you know, what about the flying sequences? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, if you had not told me that the actors went up there for real and stuff, I would have been quite content to think they were in a studio somewhere in front of the green screen in, like, a... A cockpit, like it. I, I don't think it added that much to the film. That like, because essentially the camera is still locked off in one position. All you're getting, the only difference between this and the film from '87 is the actors' faces do this mm. when they hit real G forces. Which to me, I'm like, okay, I guess that's cool, but it doesn't make me go wow. Like these flying sequences <laughs> are so much better because an actor's face is going like that. I mean, you mostly just have to watch award shows in Hollywood to see actors' faces go like that. So <laughs> yeah, you're right, totally. absolutely. Don't need to see Top Gun. Do you think so? How old was Son of Goose? Like, was was well, like late twenties? He's meant to be, I think. Yeah. So how old was he then when Goose died? Was he oh, just like a baby? Sense. Was you're like, right. I don't know if the timing works. Out. Like, what's the what's the timeline on that? Well, hang on. So when was the original Top Gun made? Because how, like, how long later? Like, did they have a baby in the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because they, they, they do did. a flat, they do a flashback where you see. Um, okay, so Top Gun was made in nineteen eighty six. So what does that uh -huh. make that 20, 26 years old, uh, thirty six years old? Yeah. So or maybe he's in his thirties then. I, yeah. I like. Let's be generous. Let's say that Son of Goose was six when Goose died, and he's thirty okay. now. I reckon now. I and I don't mean up. that. You know that I don't mean this in an insensitive way. If you think that if your dad had died when you were six do you think that there was any possibility that you might have stole your life on what you knew about your dad like my dad my dad died when i was 10 you know yeah. so and it's I not plenty like, of, <laughs> it's not miles off no it's plenty of references i have clear he was a dentist mm. he had a mustache um he liked to wear sweater sweater vests <laughs> he liked a good cardigan <laughs> he smoked a pipe occasionally mm. uh i'd say apart from the mustache which I only very rarely dip into. There's nothing I have styled my life on about my father. And I certainly I certainly haven't played Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> like, I don't remember my father. He wasn't really that musical, but I, 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 I remember him dancing to the village people once, putting on a village people record and dancing around, but I have, I have not done that. I mean, it seems like I think there would be, if again, if you had a friend Okay, so yeah, if your friends, if you started doing that, yeah. like if around 10, like, yeah, because, you know, I mean, that's a still a very young age to lose your father and like, you know, it's, all sorts of behaviours can manifest around that and I'm sure people will be incredibly sensitive around how like a kid wants to remember, you know, their parent that they've just lost. So you start doing a few things. You start wearing a knitted <laughs> top, you know what I mean? Yeah, you start, I've got like, like one trying, of those... Um, uh, dentist kind of like surgical kind of smock right. things. You just start looking at people's teeth, asking them over their mouth. That's a little pipe. <laughs> Ten-year-old going around with a pipe. Pipes, like, yeah, yeah. Little, <laughs> like, do you think, how long do you think your family would have indulged that? Do you think they would have been supportive of that? Would they have just been like, oh, well, that's just Charlie processing oh, yeah. what's like, going I mean, on? 
I think any family would be supportive of it, but there yeah. would also be a question of, is this healthy? Like, so what or is this, is this, is this a say. phase? Yeah, that's what right. What point does it get to? Because then suddenly you decide, I'm going to be a dentist. Like, I'm just following now the son of a goose story, right? Yeah. Like, this is not just him trying Sog. to, yeah, learning great, great balls of fire on the piano so he can remember his dad. This is literally him going, I am going to replicate the entire life of my father. He wears open Hawaiian shirts. He has the same aviator shades and the same mustache. I mean, Miles Teller does look like Anthony Edwards when you put him side by side, but it is strange. Like fashion, I don't even know that the fashion like is, is predictable enough that like there must have been a period in the early 2000s where he wasn't dressing like his dad, right? Where he, was all, he would have been all pocket chains and fucking like caramel tips and all well, that kind of stuff. Well, do you think that he dressed as his dad as a teenager? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Do I mean, because that's what I'm saying is like it sort of times out now with fashion yeah. because the 80s you could argue mustaches are back. And But what was he doing prior to that? Like did he sort of sit – the son of Sog, did son of Goose <laughs> just sit there go like, mate, when mustaches and aviator shades are back – I'm fucking. I'm. I'm owning it. I'm, I've been practicing great balls of fire for twenty years. Finally, going to bust it out at a bar. Or did he? So there's two choices here. That he's like leaned into his dad's later life look and always kind of had that fashion choice. So as soon as he could grow a mustache, he grew a mustache. As soon as he could own a Hawaiian shirt, he bought a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> or he's following his dad's fashions from those periods of his dad's life. So he's gone back right. through like what a teenage goose was wearing. And so when he was a teenager, he wore what a teenage goose was wearing. And we've just caught up with him at the time that he's wearing the and looking exactly the same as his. I mean, this is a creepy, creepy fucking it's, like. I mean, so it's crazy. Is that discussed right? at all in the movie? Is there it's ever a not point discussed. of going, hey man, live your own life. Stop being in the shadow of your dead dad. Is there like a storyline around that at all? There is one moment where um so the kids, all the you know the the new young Top Gun recruits, they're all you know in the classroom, or whatever, and they're looking at the trophy cabinet and they see a collection of photos of the original flight team. So there's Mav and Goose, and they put two and two together, but not one character goes, "Oh my God, look at mm. look at oh so Goose Goose's son's name is Rooster, by the way." <laughs> <laughs> his code name, his uh, fly. What do you call it? Code name, call sign. I mean, I feel like that's too his far rooster. away for for a guy who's stole his entire. It should be goose. Should have been Gosling. No, <laughs> <laughs> it should have been Gosling. Ryan Gosling, and they should have cast Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> but like, yeah, there is that moment where they look at Anthony Edwards as Goose. How standing did they next not cast Ryan Gosling as the son of Goose? <laughs> Like, how did Hollywood, surely that had to have come up in a meeting. <laughs> Just like, guys, is this too on the nose? Ryan Gosling, <laughs> son of a goose. So they do see them together, but you'd expect one character to go, holy shit, like he looks – I mean, I was around at my mate's place last week and I saw a photo of him with his father, you know, when he was a little boy. And the first thing I said was, oh, my God, like you look exactly like your father. It's, a, it's amazing. But not one character – comments on the fact that not only does he physically look like his father, but he dresses exactly the same as his father. Exactly the same. I mean, if you had to dress now like your dad did 30 years ago, what would you be wearing, you think? Uh, my dad almost exclusively has work clothes. Okay. So, like, I've never really – I mean, he has 
the smallest amount of like what you'd consider to be like formal clothes or uniform clothes, like really the bare minimum you could possibly have. I think I've only seen him in a tie a couple of times in his entire life. I mean, he's a dairy farmer, right? Yeah. So yeah. like the most iconic thing that I would see him in, if I was going to dress like, particularly in the sort of goose way, if yeah. I was going to dress like my dad, pair of gumboots. So I'm starting. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this should be your new stage outfit. Go on. <laughs> a pair of gumboots. Some sort of like resilient, loose fitting, partly waterproof pant. Like, that is- <laughs> like waders. <laughs> kind of waders esque, but not like quite as plasticky, but like okay. somewhere in between like work pants and waders. Like a yeah. kind of midpoint uh, for, for any sort of like water splash or, you know, animal splash yeah. that you might need. Then very much a. Um, a loose-fitting um, collared T-shirt. So, you know, one of those old-school <laughs> yeah. sort of like collared T-shirts that has a couple of buttons, a polo, like a polo. Top type thing, yeah. but very much like not a formal sort of polo top, very much a working polo top. Yeah, and, like a Ralph, um, Ralph Lauren one. No, no like a, a Ralph yeah, Lauren no. old polo symbol on the pocket or anything. Um, it's not like a, it's not like a, a pink, one of those no. pink uh, Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> No, very much. Your dad's not rocking Tommy Hilfiger. Very much for working. And then maybe at like a knitted a knitted jumper. Yeah. <laughs> like an actual knitted jumper, yeah. I was trying to think of like, so my dad would have his kind of work clothes before, like not these surgical stuff, but I remember when I did work experience when I was 16 because we still had a lot of dad's wardrobe uh, hanging around. And I had to like find a suit because I think I was going to a, a law firm to do some work experience. <laughs> and I, I found like a, a, the only suit I could find that fit me, suit jacket, was like this tweed, it was like a tweed jacket with kind of like brown elbow patches, like classic English professor kind of look. I remember getting on the train and my mates just mocking me mercilessly because I was like a 16-year-old in like a what would have been a 50 guy in his mid-50s, like a, a tweed jacket. So There'd be that, that kind of more formal look. But then, yeah, he was often in kind of chunky knit sweaters with grey trousers and like just shitty, the cheapest Clark's leather shoes. So if if I was going to be my dad now, and I'm probably about 10 years off where my dad was when I passed away, I would be wearing the chunky knit sweaters, grey trousers, and then just some no-name brand Clark's leather uh, loafers. I actually think I'm actually thinking I don't mind that look as I sort of it seems comfortable. I mean, my dad's like dressing like my dad would would have been handy going to Splendor in the Grass. Yes. Like it would be a very practical, you know, for that sort of circumstance. But um, my dad doesn't have any affectations in the way that, like, you know, so no pipe or whatever or mustache, you know, that you can kind of go, oh, this is definitely him leaning into this look like if i had to replicate my dad's look you mo- mostly i'd probably have to like shave off my hair because my right. dad now is at that point where he like had you know the receding hair and he's gone kind of like the buzz cut up top so that would be the direction i would have to lean into to to kind of replicate but, it, but the thing of what top gun is saying is like it's like a specific mm. Period. Like it's the mo- it's whenever your father made the biggest impression mm. on you. Oh, you. Yeah, that's it, true. Because it's like yeah. Well, because yeah, it's different for me because my dad's not still now. alive. He didn't that's die right. at some point and get immortalized in my memory. You know what it would be probably then? <laughs> I'd probably dress in cricket clothes. 
Like if my dad had died when <laughs> I was about better. 10, I would probably entirely dress in cricket whites because that would be the iconic memory. Like, you know, the memory I have of my dad, like I don't really acknowledge the kind of farming look to be his look, but I remember spending weekends watching him play cricket. So I think, yeah, if he died at like age 10, I probably would have just walked around in cricket pads and a helmet at all times, just going, no, I'm cool. Just trying to remember dad. You know, what's actually interesting uh, when you see uh, Top Gun at the cinema, like I did, is seeing Tom Cruise's face on the big screen. It's like, fuck, he's got a good plastic surgeon. Like, I know those photos came out a few months ago of him looking a bit puffy, having had a procedure, but now it's all settled in. And it, he looks good because he he looks, you know, age appropriate. He doesn't quite look like, if you think, imagine what 60 or almost 60 looks like. He doesn't look like that. No. But he looks like the best possible version of what a 60 could look like. I mean, his hair is still way too dark for someone in this, you know, who's almost 60. But he's just got enough kind of imperfections that you're like, oh, man, like, I don't know if Scientology, if this is part of Scientology, one of the tenets is, hey, get surgery but just get it in small enough amounts that progressively people won't notice as much that you've had work done because he's on a you know he's, he's 40 his face is 40 feet wide in a lot of these shots and he's playing opposite jennifer connelly who i imagine is 15 20 years younger than him probably closer to my age and they look like it looks good like it looks like a good pair. i mean she by the way hats off like well done jennifer connelly's parents like she looks her age and she is stunning like this looks like a complete movie star but is in the most thankless role like someone of her uh, her quality i think she's won an oscar at least been nominated for oscars to yeah, be playing she's a really really good actress like yeah. incredibly so, so to be playing role, maverick's a really good actress maverick's new love interest it's like it's, it's a pretty thankless part but she's she's good but it's interesting to see that tom cruise is now dipping his toe back into I'm going to kiss girls on screen again. Because, you know, it's been like oh, a, I was about to say, do they kiss? They kiss. It's almost a love scene. And it's weird. And, uh, and I, got this, I got the same kind of awkwardness you get when you watch a sex scene, with, you're watching a movie with your parents, like even though yeah. they weren't there. It was just, oh, uh, this all feels a bit gross. And, and they stop short of like, there's no like love making, but it's just, no. you know, just sort of crossfades and you know, kissing and they're naked from the, you know, shoulders up. It, it, like is it's this, more s suggested sex scene. But is this a controversial suggestion? And maybe this is just me getting older or maybe I think it isn't. I feel like we're done with sex scenes in movies. Well, yeah, now that dumb. you can see the, well, you can see like, the real thing. Now that, yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like now that yeah. like pornography and stuff is so readily available, like we all get it. We, we kind of like, we, I don't need to see it. I don't know yeah. what value it adds. Like, you know, shut the bedroom door. They can both have a little patch. They can shut the bedroom door and we can all use our imagination of what's going on. Like, I just don't feel like you have to waste like a minute and a half of running time showing me a sex scene. I feel that, but I feel that way about nudity as well. Like, it's like, oh yeah. I mean, mm. it's, you see so much nudity willingly put on someone's like social media account that like, you know, 20 years ago, it was a big deal that Halle Berry is going topless in Swordfish. They've paid her an extra million dollars. You're going to see her boobs. And now it's like, ah, who cares? Like, mm. I mean, there's so many. If you want to see boobs, you can see boobs. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Like, let's just focus on let's just focus on the bizarre storytelling that we're doing here. Let's, let's put all our resources in trying to justify why some 30-year-old would dress exactly like his dead dad. Because, Will, I couldn't get past it. 
It just would did not allow. I mean, I'll suspend disbelief in whatever way you want. Sure, he's still an amazing fighter pilot. There's still some faces enemy. Why the fuck is this guy dressing exactly like his dad? Totally fine if your kid said to you, I want to follow in my dad's footsteps. My brother is a farmer. Like, you know, my dad's a farmer. That's okay. Like, I totally understand that. But if my brother started dressing exactly the same as my dad, like, I would just be like, hey, man, is everything cool? <laughs> Are you fine? That's exactly right. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But, look, you know, that aside, it was a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like the way people have. I mean, it's. I think it's his most successful film, and the way yeah, people are talking it's, about it's, it, it's like I think it's one of the like it's going to be one of the most successful films of all time. That is, I find that baffling, and that's. I feel like I'm a man out of touch because if a film like that is getting like you know all making all this money and all this acclaim, and then I watch something like the new Predator film, like ah. Oh, this is an interesting way to take an. Oh, I think Fury Road. Fury Road is the perfect example. Let's take an established IP with an established franchise, and we're just going to do it differently. We're just gonna we're going to take a new view on it. Okay, how about this? How about Mad Max is suffering PTSD, and he actually, you know, the star of the film is actually this woman trying to save these women from sexual slavery. Oh yeah, cool. And it's not going to be desaturated set in Broken Hill. It's going to be like saturated colors, bright tones, and we're just going to. We're just going to load it with it. Okay, great. Or Predator, sure. Let's uh, get away from, you know, the idea of brawny dudes in the jungle and we just set it in a completely different – like, yes, do that. Okay. And then but I've got I'll a, acknowledge I've got an one idea. or two fan services. But just yeah. – yeah. I've got an idea for you though, Charlie. What if we mm. find out that Mad Max has a kid and his kid dresses exactly like <laughs> Mad Max? How about that from a movie? So it turns out that, all right, so there's a son of Max. So at what point does he start dressing like, like at what point did Goose, did did Rooster, son of Goose, start going, I'm going to dress like my yeah. my dad? Because it would have looked, he's dressing like his dad because he's the same age as his dad when his dad died. Right. So can son of Max only start wearing the knee brace and the leathers when he gets to roughly 24, 25, when the first Mad Max Film no. and how old he is in the first night. No, he can do it at any time from I, the age of I'm, 10. I'm going to say he, he starts doing it for dress-ups, like when you start doing dress-ups. So what what age do you start – like you're a father. What age would you start doing dress-ups that are based on like another character? Well, if okay, you, think it, about this. You often see professional athletes, their kids will come to games and they'll be dressed like their mother oh, yeah, or They'll their, put them in there like like, they're, like yeah. the jumper and it, like, it might say daddy on the back and the number. Or mum, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I reckon you could do it as early as you like. Now, what we're assuming there is that Mad Max's leathers are his work uniform. Yeah. Which kind of it is because he started off as a cop and those cops wore all leather because they were high-pursuit police. So, yeah, I think you could kind of do that. Do cops dress their kids like little cops? Little cops. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very fascist. There's something about I mean, I don't know why, but I immediately think this yeah. is horrible dystopian you keep, fascism. You keep your eye on those other kids as well, you know, while you're at the party. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're going to send you in with a wire. We're putting a wire on you. I want to find out what these other kids are up to. Yeah, how many kids are dealing with fizz? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, so hang on. It, so what's the Predator it, movie called? So I want to check it out. 
Prey. Prey. It's on Disney Did, did they get MC Hammer to do the theme song? <laughs> oh, my God. Good call. Because we pray. Pray. Oh, yeah, we pray. Pray. We got to pray just to, just make, to make it, it today. today. You don't even have to change the lyrics. <laughs> oh, man. I'm oh, sorry. You've got me in a, in a – I have to look that up. Pray. Which Now, what single was that? MC Hammer. Well, do you reckon that was, was off his – was it the oh, first or second Hammer, album? Hammer Don't Hurt Me. Is that what the was album was called? I don't know. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Hammer Don't but Hurt Him. Hammer Don't Hurt Him. That's right. Sorry, yes. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay, Pray, the MC Hammer song. This is from yeah. Wikipedia. Oh, you're right. It's from the first album. I thought it was the second. Pray is the third single released from MC Hammer's third album, Hammer, Please Hammer. Don't hurt him. <laughs> Forget about the please. Please Hammer, don't please, hurt him. Please Hammer, please. Now, by the way, good example just before we get into the dive into Prey by MC Hammer. If yeah. MC Hammer has a kid, like a, a little oh, Hammer, yeah. and little he, hammer. like, you know, he ball like point. Call, called himself ballpoint. <laughs> MC Ballpoint. <laughs> ballpoint Hammer. Like in little baggy pants, just like his dad. <laughs> like eventually somebody would step in, surely. Well, kids generally do dress in baggy yeah. pants. They are sort of like, a, you know, a bit roomier for nappies and stuff like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if MC Hammer. Um, okay, so where do you think this peaked? What number do you think it got to? Well, so You Can't Touch This would have got to number one. And yes. you're saying this is the third single. What was the second single? That's the thing that I'm – because I would have thought this was the second uh, single. So I can't can't remember uh, what else he – Well, let's see what the second single was. Yeah. Um, well, I got to number, number two. I'm going to say, oh, I was going oh, to say number four. Sorry. So there you go. All number right. two. Yeah. Um, it's sold over half a million copies. It's his, it's one of his most popular songs and appears in several compilation albums. It was produced by Hammer himself. Oh, yep. It samples When Doves Cry. Ah, I didn't know that. Um, it's one of the few times Prince has ever allowed his songs to be sampled. I guess mm-hmm. that and then Quint- Quentin Tava all those years later, right? Mm-hmm. It also... Uh, in in what's this word? In, interpolates. In, in, what does that mean? The track also interpolates. Mm. What does that mean? It interpolates. Uh, faith, faith, faith. No mores. We care a lot. We care a lot. No, oh, I would not have picked that. That's okay, why we so pray. Let's see. We care a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a hammer. Don't hurt him. So where's the track listing? Okay, uh, so you can't touch his number two. Here comes the hammer. Here comes the hammer. Oh, 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 oh. I can't see. Uh, the three singles were Pray, Here Comes the Hammer, and You Can't Touch This. So I guess okay. Here, Here Comes, comes the, the hammer. hammer must have been the other one. Yeah, right. I only yeah. really remember You Can't Touch This and Pray. I've got to say, I can't really remember Here Comes the Hammer. And I, and from the, I know from Adam's Family Values, I know the Adam's Family song. Too yep. legit, too, too legit, legit to quit. Too legit, <laughs> too, legit too legit to quit. To quit. <laughs> so, what were the lyrics for "Pray"? Let's see. Pray lyrics. I remember there was a girl getting shot in the lyrics because he says, "Girl gets shot. Watch out. What's it all about?" Okay, that word we pray. We got to pray just to make it today. I said we pray. Yeah, we pray just to make it today. All my life, I wanted to make it to the top. That's word. We pray. Some said I wouldn't. They told me, but I didn't stop. <laughs> we know about that because he can't, can't stop. stop. Can't stop. <laughs> oh, can't touch. Can't touch it. Impossible for him to stop. 
Um, I'm working hard to make those movies every day. Mm. And on my knees every night, you know, I pray. Because I think he became a preacher after Mm. his music career ended. That's the word. We pray, we pray just to make it the day. Now, I just think that you can do whatever you want. Oh, thanks, man. I'm, I'm busting these rhymes, making this money, and I won't forget my people or my all my all my town or my ways. I'm on my knees every night. I'm still going to pray. It's funny because there's a real strong, like capitalist message right in the middle about making heaps of money, which I think is counter to what a lot of like you know Jesus preached, right? Yeah, but no, this is he was ahead of his time. This is very much the Hillsong, Hillsong prosperity oh, Hillsong. doctrine. You know, yeah, kind yeah. of attitude that, like, if you are yeah. rich in life, it's because you've been rewarded by the Lord. I think you see Brian Houston dancing in the back of "You Can't Touch This." That's one of the guys going oh, man, left Brian right Houston's the back. Dad needed to be told you can't touch this. Anyway, so- <laughs> time and time again, I keep on knocking, but these people wouldn't let me in. I tried and tried, and I tried to make a way, but nothing happened till the day I prayed. I wonder if this feels very Christian now. What is he's saying? I've got all this success because, like you know, because of the Lord. This is my dedication to the Lord. Okay, (laughs) this is a good verse. Mm. Children dying. Oh, so fast from this or that. (laughs) Get a bit more specific, Emma. People do. I mean, kids are dying from this or that. From this or that. (laughs) (laughs) They're needing money, smoking that dope, and doing that crack. Um, ten years old. Uh, ten years old. Stand outside. Oh, this is the lyric I could remember. Ten years old. Stand outside. Better look out. Dead and gone. Never had a chance. What's it all about? Oh. <laughs> well, wow. uh, I guess it's this and that, Hammer. I mean, if you yeah. you know really want to get to the bottom of it, it's about this and that. Um, that ten year old died because of this or that. And then he repeats. There's three repetitions of the chorus, and then it goes on a mission. Start to doubt. Here we go. Kicking back. Read those words. We need to know living high, living good, living long. Take a minute, bust a prayer. <laughs> and you're good to go. I've never heard of anyone saying, oh, sorry, I'll just give me five minute. minutes. I need to go bust, bust a prayer. <laughs> We're sending this one out to the Lord and we thank you. We know we need to pray because all the blessings that is good come from above. And once again, we want to say thank you to the Lord with all of our love. That's a word we pray. God, I had no idea it was Emma, so Jesus-y. Stop it. It's really, yeah, it's kind of gross. <laughs> uh, we're doing a short episode because uh, we have stuff to do today. So let's just get to our mailbag. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can go to tofop.com. There's a little contact form. You can choose which podcast you want to send a message to. Um, and while you're there, you can check out some of our other great podcasts. Who's on Fofop this week, Will? Hamo. It is a Justin Hamilton Speaking episode. Speaking of Hamos, Hammers. Uh, yes, uh, MC Hamo. Uh, will be he's on the show. Uh, he was meant to be, um, you know, timeline wise, we're recording this on a Sunday morning. I am recording my logical um, show tonight. I'm doing it for the very last time, and uh, Justin was going to be doing support. But when we recorded uh, the faux fop earlier this week, he was not feeling uh, particularly well, and uh, so he's uh, doing the right thing. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't matter that I'm saying he won't be at the show because by the time you hear this. Uh, the people at the he show wouldn't have already been know that he will not have been at the show. But uh, we recorded Fofop a few days ago. And obviously when we recorded it, we did not know that he was not going to be at the show and made quite a lot of jokes about the idea that he was going to miss the show because of anyway. So it turns out he is going to miss the show and you'll get to hear that episode this week. 
Uh, and uh, as Will mentioned earlier in the show, we have another podcast called Two Guys, One Cup, which is exclusive to the listener app. Uh, it's fun. It's been a really good year. Despite Will and I hating talking about football, um, there's a lot of good stuff. It's like yeah, this. The it's it's pretty much this. If, if you enjoy TOEFOP, it's, it's, it's TOEFOP. We just talk about plays that you probably haven't heard about, but it doesn't matter at all. Uh, this is from Aiden. Uh, he says, hi, guys. I'm a zoologist. Um I mean, it's kind of, is that like, is all, it's just like, that's kind of scientific, right? Not, no. You're Will shaking his head. No. We're not giving a round of applause to a zoologist. Mm, he know. keeps some. I mean, he keeps them living. I mean, he keeps yeah. animals living, I suppose. Does he? What does a zoologist do? St- mean, study, I, studies animals? I mean, I assume a zoologist is, oh, I, I assume they like. Okay. It's so say it's a post apocalyptic situation. And me, you, and Aiden are, you know, living in a room somewhere, and one of us gets sick, and we have to like perform a medical procedure. Aiden has the closest qualifications to being a doctor, right? <laughs> like he studied something more scientific than you and I. I mean, yes, that's true. Like, if the only choices are the three of us, absolutely, yes. yeah. In a- <laughs> He's like, guys, I've never studied even animal anatomy. It's not what I do. doesn't matter. We'll need to bypass. Hi, guys. I'm a zoologist. I'm here to try and spark your imagination with some real-life cryptids of sorts. While uh, Nessie and Bigfoot do not exist, I can confirm that cryptic animals do everywhere in the world, even in Australia. First, there's the night parrot, this nocturnal fat budgie-looking dude has been captured by cameras and researchers only recently being considered extinct for almost 100 years. But they're yet to map out its population range. We know it lives up in the Kimberley and other areas of northern Australia, and the hunt is on in the zoology world to learn all about it. Because of its rarity, it is highly conservation significant, which is often the case with these types of species. We also have the blind cave eel, which is an eel living almost entirely in subterranean environments in northwest Western Australia, making it very difficult to find. I, myself, am a subterranean zoologist. Can you do a triple bypass? Because Will's having a heart attack. <laughs> it's a good number of the species. Uh, so a good number of the species I find are undiscovered when yes. I find them. One of the most I mean, interesting, some, though. Some might argue that, that they, they prefer to be left alive. Yeah. <laughs> what? What why, are we, why are we going and bothering oh. these species <laughs> that have clearly gone to a great deal of effort to bury themselves Not so we found. can't find them? One of the most interesting is the Saola, Saola uh, or the Asian unicorn, which is a bovine that lives in Vietnam. Wow. We have one or two pieces of camera footage of it and many skull mounts in the local Vietnamese homes. Other than that, its life is a complete mystery. Okay. So while these things may not be as big as fantastical like the Loch Ness Monster, they are important for conservation and in the case of the Saola, are culturally important and actually exist, which is a bit of a bonus. Um, so there's, you know, Aiden uh, slapping down my need to believe in fantastic animals by saying, there's cool stuff in the real world, Will. That's the message I'm getting. I mean, that is actually the message. There is so much cool stuff in the real world that we continually absolutely kill off with our human endeavours and behaviour. <laughs> so maybe we should concentrate a little bit more on that. Uh, this is from Laura. Hi, uh, my name's Laura. I live in Sydney. A first-time listener, long-time listener, first-time messenger. <laughs> Would be weird if she was a first-time listener. First-time listener. Just compelled to write in straight I've away. Been, I've discovered <laughs> your website. And I've been writing in for I've been, months. I finally been listened emailed. to an episode. 
<laughs> emailing you for years before I listened to an episode. It's weird. I wanted to thank you guys for all the laughs. Uh, Will, my partner and I saw your Willogical show last night on the 28th of July at the Sydney Comedy Store, and it was... Fantastic. <laughs> My partner really enjoyed the part where you smack the microphone around with your face just to see if you could, but you wouldn't. Oh, explain. Well, no, okay. Oh, well, yeah, actually, I can explain now. And that was absolutely brand new on that night. I've never done it before. And it'll be interesting to see that. It, so I'm, I have a bit in the show, which I guess I can just say now because by the time uh, no one's. Anyway. <laughs> So it's about Joe Rogan. Do um, you know Joe Rogan said on his podcast that he could suck his own dick if he wanted to? I did not hear that. Yeah, right. He, he said he was flexible enough to suck his own dick if he wanted to. And I have this whole piece that is about Joe Rogan and misinformation, but it ends in the conceit of like, I don't know if Joe Rogan's a liar, but he yeah, he said that he could suck his own dick, but he that he hasn't done it. And then the whole piece is about <laughs> but because he says – like one of the quotes is, um, I put my face around it just to see if I could. And <laughs> I, for the very first time, despite the fact that I've been doing that routine now for three months, acted that out for about four minutes. <laughs> it was fun. So I don't know whether I will have done that in the show tonight that I'm recording. And if I did do it in the show tonight that I'm recording, whether anyone would ever play that. But uh, it Well, was there is fun. a rumour that you had one of your ribs removed so you could do stand-up. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. And that's just <laughs> so I can nod. <laughs> uh, thank you both. But especially thank you, Charlie, for all his research and presenting his five deep for dive, five dive. Five have been a long-standing part of my life. Get on moving was my year 12 graduation song, along with Living Man's Prisoner of Society. And Baby, When the Lights Go Out, still brings back memories of being unable to sleep as a kid and playing it nonstop on Mix 106.5 because my parents believed a radio would fix my anxieties. To be fair, it wasn't half bad and a lot cheaper than a child psychologist. Um, I also love a good hamopod. And I would have stayed and watched this spot at your show, Will, but it was a school night for my partner, so we had to go home. Thanks, fellas. I started listening to you guys when I began my nursing degree. No zoologist, but gets a round of applause. We love a medical professional on this show and continue to listen to this day. So thank you for keeping me laughing while I'm keeping them living. All and the by the best. way, Will needs a bypass, so could you please do it? Because at the <laughs> yeah, moment, no. the only guy we've got is a zoologist. <laughs> He's good with bloody blind eels, but can't do anything about triple bypasses. Keeps banging on about some unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is Dope Up for this week. I'm Charlie Clawson. And I'm Will Anderson. How long? Not long. Everyone relax. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.